Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss the West Nile virus, new indicators for kidney disease, and a hospital impacted by a tornado. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 94 for the week of July 19th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is R61, generalized hypohydrosis. Otherwise known as excessive sweating. (laughs) Yes, yes. I don't know. I don't think a lot of people know what hyperhidrosis is, so thanks for the clarification. Something I'm very familiar with, you know, myself. I'm sure you are as well, because you're Mm. a big-time runner, so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Know all about it. (laughs) Anyways, let's get right to the news. First up, we have West Nile in Cali. California announced that it has recorded the first death related to the West Nile virus for 2021. Doctors recommend that Californians check their window screens and remove stagnant water from their property since the virus is transmitted through mosquitoes. California's health department identified the West Nile virus in 177 mosquitoes from across 13 counties throughout the state. The CDC says that 80% of the infected people do not display symptoms, but when they do, they can experience fatigue, fever, headaches, body aches, rash, and swollen lymph nodes. There is no vaccine or specific treatment for the West Nile virus, so stay vigilant when regarding mosquitoes. What do you do to uh, get rid of mosquitoes, Matt? What are some of your... Uh, like, well, you know, you, are you a tiki torch just, guy? Or are you like, uh, a, <laughs> like light a candle? Like, Oh yeah. I'm a big tiki torch guy over here. You know, okay. I just love the smell of citronella. I'm just kidding. Citronella smells terrible. I wish they would make it smell That's a little great. bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, what's crazy about this story and what's crazy about mosquitoes in general is, you know, they don't have a vaccine for West Nile virus. So mm-hmm. like their solution is to just try to kill all the mosquitoes that have West Nile virus, which means like genetically mutating mosquitoes in some cases, like they're trying everything. They're pulling everything out of the book with this one. That's some like Jurassic Park level stuff, though. That kind of freaks me out. Like, <laughs> I if don't I wanna... get bit by a genetically modified uh, <laughs> West Nile mosquito and end up like, yeah, I don't extra limbs yeah. or We accidentally get a massive mosquito that just (laughs) roams the world and is Jurassic. You know, maybe that's something that they're going to talk about in the new Jurassic Park movie that's coming up. I don't know. Stay tuned. I hope so. (laughs) Next is answers for diabetic kidney disease. Scientists have known for a long time that people with diabetes are at risk of kidney disease. However, they've struggled to figure out if type 1 or type 2 is the reason behind the increased likelihood. Researchers conducted a study with 800 people with type 1 diabetes, and they compared their findings with data from a past study involving people with type 2 diabetes. The researchers discovered specific indicators that are significantly different between the two groups. Not only does this help answer the question at hand, but also helps doctors figure out how to treat people who are more at risk for kidney disease. So it goes from diabetes to kidney disease. Very interesting. They must be uh, they must be intermingled in some capacity. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm interested. It's a kind of a small sample size. 800 people. I mean, yeah. isn't that big, especially mm-hmm. for a medical study? So this must just be like a preliminary study, I'm assuming. Yeah. And they compared it against a past study, too, which kind of is right. strange. It's like we're only going to study people with type one and then we're going to compare it against previous data for type two. But I feel like you'd want those two control groups at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We're not medical researchers, but we're not. You know, hopefully we just get to talk about them. <laughs> yeah, we just get to give our unabridged <laughs> opinions about them. <laughs> Unscientific. opinions. Yeah, exactly. I think I hopefully that, you know, and I imagine this is true, but. That hopefully that the type 2 diabetes study that was the one that they're comparing the type 1 with 
has the same uh, population, which I'm sure it does. But, you know, if it doesn't, yeah, I would think whoops. so. <laughs> whoops. Next up, hospital versus tornado. You guessed it. Tornado wins. The Southeast Health of Stoddard County Hospital, located in southwest Missouri, endured damages due to a tornado last week. The hospital sustained damage to the roof, some walls in the back of the building, and it is currently without power. About 22 patients and 40 staff members had to be evacuated from the facility. The hospital's goal is to restore the emergency department operations once power and utilities are restored. The clinic will be in contact with patients if any delays to reopen occur. I think my favorite thing about this is the uh, the headline there, hospital versus tornado. It <laughs> sounds like uh, some sort of like Spike TV movie or like, I don't know, Sharknado. Oh, yeah, it's like, true. It could be a it could be a whole movie. I just it imagine could be a whole another like, spinoff. Yeah, like them squaring up. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Either way. Like, hospital with punching arm or uh, punching gloves ready to go, ready to duke it out. I think, I mean, so not much you can do if you're a hospital versus a tornado. No, you're uh, in stuck like a, in one spot. <laughs> yeah, in like reality, I mean, it's definitely unfortunate, um, but that's just kind of the problems that a lot of hospitals face, especially if they're in the tornado area of the United States. Um, yeah, so I wonder if they have like specific training to like, I don't know. They should. In, they in should. the case of tornado, like right. all patients to the basement, like, I don't know. They should. I think a lot of the times, I mean, it's called a disaster. Or, well, there's that, right? There's the whole procedures of what do you do with patients patients especially in the emergency room like that sounds like a hairy situation but yeah what do you do after the fact right because um, that's kind of where they're at now they're trying to pick up the pieces and continue to operate and provide health care to uh patients who need it um yeah. which obviously if anyone needs immediate help they're supposed to go to a hospital but they can't go to a hospital if you know if it is got damaged by a tornado so right hopefully they have a disaster recovery um scenario in place specifically i mean even beyond the physical aspect but also on the data aspect as well uh -huh. um otherwise they could lose a lot of uh you know pertinent information and help and uh information that helps doctors do their jobs and treat their patients yeah which i imagine they do but yeah yeah i figure they probably have some sort of archive or some way that's stored hopefully have you ever seen a tornado up close uh i've seen lots of funnel clouds almost a lot there was a few times where there was two times in my life where a funnel cloud was like right over me like where I was. I was like, oh yeah, my gosh. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> oh yeah. boy, hospital versus Matt. I mean, tornado <laughs> versus tornado Matt. Tornado versus Matt? <laughs> yeah. Hospital Whoops. Versus Matt. That's a fight I'd watch. <laughs> oh my gosh. What about you? Um, I, I distinctly remember like when I was little, like having to like take shelter in like the girls' bathroom of the mm -hmm. elementary school I was in because it was Whoa. the first time like I'd been in like the girls' bathroom and I felt like we shouldn't be in here, but it was like a tornado, so it was okay. <laughs> but it was just like a lot of like things going on in the mind of a eight-year-old who's like scared but also like what is this new place yeah um, so i i think so but i don't remember anything like i don't remember wind damage or anything like that i just remember that experience of being like ushered into this safe yeah. place with no windows <laughs> Jeez. I know. yeah that's that's a scary situation <laughs> I, it seems like you know, child Albert was more worried about being in the girl's bathroom than the I was. fact that there was a tornado outside. I was very much more like, are we okay? Is this, is this allowed? Like, <laughs> I don't want to break any rules. <laughs> and with that, let's go into our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H, Breach Patrol. It's a breach! All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol, where we talk about the latest and biggest and scariest breaches all across the world. 
All right. First up, we've got a story about Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile data breach allows hackers to port phone numbers. Uh, Mint Mobile, a company that sells mobile phone services to T-Mobile's cellular network, was hacked between June 8th and June 10th. Mint Mobile sent an email to customers last week informing them of what occurred. The data breach allowed several phone numbers to be ported out to another carrier. Only a, quote, very small number of subscribers were affected, but Mint Mobile has not specified publicly how the customers have been affected. Subscriber data was also possibly accessed, including names, numbers, email addresses, passwords, and account numbers. So it seems like, yeah, so Mint Mobile is like a a phone, like a third-party T-Mobile phone seller, essentially, is what what I'm getting at. That's what it seems like. Yeah, it's... Just one of those things where it seems like it's an unfortunate area um, for Mint Mobile specifically. Mint Mobile. Um, it's kind of hard to pronounce, isn't it? Mint, Mo- yeah. Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. <laughs> yeah. Not to be confused with the Intuit's Mint app, which is a right. financial app. Which I have I, on my phone, and I had to do a double take when I was reading this. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> am I, wait, am I going to get fished? Oh, my app. gosh. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I mean, the data breach, several phone numbers reported over to another carrier, and they say only a very small number, which could just be them kind of saving their own skin a little bit. Um, as far as the data is concerned, you know, names, numbers, email addresses, passwords, and account numbers. Obviously, passwords and account numbers is, is a big one. Mm-hmm. And then... So if you are a Mint Mobile user, obviously change your password and hopefully you don't use the same password for every account that you have. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that gives the uh, the hacker access to everything. Um, that would be that's a bad yeah. practice. We don't yeah, do that. no, it's not good. Don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. But even beyond that. If you if they only get into your Mint Mobile account and they like you don't have any financial information or anything inside of it, um, you still have to think about the phishing attempts too, right? You know all those phone numbers or those random phone calls you get talking about your car's extended warranty. Mm-hmm. Well, this is kind of what ends up causing that something, some mm-hmm. sort of breach that leads to to, to phishing attempts. So you mm-hmm. know you just got to stay vigilant. We've said this before on the podcast. Albert hasn't yet, but I haven't. I'm new. Hi, you know, I'm Albert. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say stay vigilant for the for the audience members for your first time? Oh, I'd be honored. Stay vigilant, guys. Stay oh, vigilant. Nice. Perfect. Perfectly executed. Right. Thank you. Next up, custom hack for custom t-shirts. Spreadshirt, Spreadshop, and Team Shirts inform clients that they have been hacked. Details of customers, partners, and employees were all affected by the event. Clients were warned by an email of a security incident and that companies were investigating the extent of the breach. The email warned that postal addresses, bank account details, PayPal addresses, and passwords before 2014 were accessed from the company's servers. Spreadshirt has advised customers to change their passwords and posted some password safety tips on their website website wow Mm. so this is way worse than the last one i mean yeah you know just because bank account details were expressed and so were paypal addresses and passwords and email i mean that's like the 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 five horsemen is that five horsemen or four one two three four horsemen four horsemen of of data breaches right so that's trademarked now now that i've said that because nobody can use that please i like that if you use that you're gonna get sued (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) um but you know i mean it goes to show you too that whatever you make an account on it doesn't matter what industry it serves yeah it's uh you know you could get hacked yeah and what's scary here too is it wasn't just customers and employees it was partners as well people who had partnered oh, yeah, with that's these companies scary. like 
when you're exposing your partners to to that kind of risk, that's uh, that's that's bad news, man. I wonder. I imagine it seems like based off of this uh, story that Spreadshirt, Spreadshop, and Team Shirts were either all using the same provider for their services or yeah. are all owned by the same parent company, and they're all mm-hmm. just kind of like <clears throat> cater to different niches or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I think I've used Spreadshirt before, so maybe I should go check my emails. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, that's really scary. Also, what's not that great is how Spreadshirt advised their customers to change their passwords and posted some password safety tips on their website. A lot of times when breaches happen and you'll, and you'll notice this, Albert, um, I will? is yeah, you will, you will, don't okay, worry, okay. you will. A lot of companies, <laughs> what they end up doing is when they have a breach, they're like, Hey, here's a year of free credit card monitoring services. And in this instance, that's not the case. I mean, maybe they're going to do it eventually. Maybe this breach just happened happened too soon and they you know it was so big that they had to have some sort of uh retaliation or or some sort of um safeguard in place to help their inform their clients but man that's not that's not a good look and finally the last story of the day iran's train stations experienced chaos after a cyber attack hackers posted fake messages about train delays or cancellations on display boards at the station they also posted the phone number of the country's leader as the number to call for information Earlier that day, trains across Iran lost their electronic tracking system, which wasn't immediately clear if it was a part of the cyber attack. A railway company spokesman said that the disruption did not cause any problem for train services. This sounds like a something out of the movie, either Born or Die Hard or any yeah, of those right. government yeah, attacks. Type. Yeah, yeah, weird. Where mm-hmm. it sounds like a terrorist attack. It really does. It sounds it like does. the beginnings of. Um, definitely scary. I don't really know. I mean, I guess you know the worst case scenario would be you know the 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 trains can't communicate to each other and then they run into each other on right. the, on the tracks. That could happen. I, uh, I feel like. I think my favorite part of this story is the spokesman that says it did not cause any problem. Like, yeah. Lucky for would, him. Right. I would <laughs> imagine that like if all if I was looking at train delays and cancellations on the board, like I'm sure it caused problems for some people. But <laughs> it just seems like nothing to see here, nothing to see. Here. <laughs> nothing to see. Like, carry on, you know, yeah, just your on, regular day. Yep, no big totally deal. <laughs> no, They're just probably it. trying to suppress it as much as they could. I know. <laughs> nothing <laughs> happened, guys. They nope, were trains all are running like normal. This is what we do every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's just maintenance time. It's not a big deal. It's just to go past it. <laughs> like, yeah. Huh. yeah. I mean, seems like, you know, situation uh, was avoided. The worst case scenario was avoided, which is good. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this isn't the first time that we've seen breaches uh, happen where cyber hackers get into infrastructure based mm-hmm. systems. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had yep. that in the United States like four times this year already. So right. um, it seems like since one happened and it was such a big attack in the United States or, you know, across the world, it's just opening up a can of worms and all the hackers are trying to get in because they can now and they figured it out. So scary. Just goes to show you got to do those risk assessments, see where your uh, vulnerabilities and weaknesses are and make sure Mm -hmm. that that you're absolutely covering yourself there because you you don't want to expose your, uh, your company or your especially like, I mean, these are civilians riding these trains. Yeah, you want to make sure that you're protecting the people that you're serving. Exactly, exactly. And that's it for this week's wrap-up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.